It is such a pleasure to have such cracking guests on the morning show. The last time Celia Lashley was on the show, the talkback lines ran really hot. Celia is not only the first woman in New Zealand to have worked as a warden in a men's prison, she's gone on to become a really outstanding educator. In her last book, the reason she was in the studio last time was uh, to talk about a book that won great acclaim. It's called He'll Be Okay, Growing Gorgeous Boys into Good Men. Well, Celia is in Perth at the moment. We thought it too good an opportunity to miss. Good morning to you. Good morning. The other day, Celia, we heard from the, the president of the State Primary Schools Association here in WA calling for all of us to have parenting classes, mainly because he reckons that too many children go to school without the basics, be it respect or understanding of others, be it not even having had breakfast yep. before they got there. Yep. And it made us wonder, who taught our parents what to do and how drastically has our world changed that mums and dads need to formally learn to be good parents? How much do you reckon that world has changed? I think it's changed immensely and I think um, the comment made is, is, is could be made across the whole of Australia and New Zealand. The, um, the issue for me is that What's happened in the modern world is we've got so busy that our relationships have um, have treated away. So the the understanding and the core network of the village that surrounded the child, we've lost our villages. Mm. And and that old um, African adage of it takes a village to raise a child, it does. But but we, the world has moved so fast that that networking underneath of um, of have, being surrounded by grandparents and uncles and aunts and the neighbour. Um, I guess the quickest way to take you into that is um, when my brothers were running away from home on one occasion, the neighbour rang my mother and said, oh, the boys are off because they were lowering a suitcase out the back window. <laughs> and um, and mum said, thanks. And she said, I'll just leave them for an hour or so because they won't get far with the suitcase. <laughs> and uh, and so mum thanked the neighbour. You know, it was exactly what you did. And then eventually went and got the boys. And today, if you rang a neighbour and said, your boys are climbing out the back window, you'd be told to go away and probably not using those two words. So yeah. we don't know our neighbours. We don't know... And, and and the, the challenge to us, I, I, I agree that, that people need to learn about parenting, but I don't think it's parenting classes. I think it's about building the schools as the centre of the wheel. And if, if, if we can get parents and schools, communities to hold hands in the raising of the children... And what we've ended up with is a is a blaming. Yeah, single, blame single, and we, we talk about single, single mums, mums and we talk about uh, absent dads. But, yes, but that's but not all, as simple as that. No, it's not as simple as that. It's a very complex issue, but it's all it's even more. Um, aside from the, the standard issues, it's that um, there's an amazing culture out there that the schools blame the parents and the parents blame the schools. It's mm -hmm. very common to have a parent go in now to strip the principal because he's dared to discipline the son, the boy, mm -hmm. or the girl. So there's even that antagonistic because we're all so pressured and we're all, you know, haven't got time to stop and actually form a relationship. And the thing that I think funds it is, is that when I, because this is my basic work now, and getting to the core, and the core of it is that government funding has been driven into silos and you've got huge fighting for that money. So there'll be NGOs out here and the government says it's got three million available to do X. And holds it up, and about six NGOs come in to fight for the money. Yep. So that means I've been into communities in both Australia and New Zealand where you get all the providers around the table. They don't trust each other yeah. because three years ago they nicked their money. Yes. You know, that sort of stuff. So yeah. the fabric, the way the government has driven the funding out and the accountability issues, almost all of the funding that comes out from the government, I think I could probably say it's the same here. When you get allocated a bit of money from the government, about 45% of it goes on the reporting back to the government. Yeah. So, so we had a, one of the things we had in New, in New Zealand was a literacy program that was was um, 90 million, five million hit the streets. 
Yeah. By the time it comes through the layers. So there's all that fabric in underneath of, of why it's ripping away. Now, the argument that, that many of us have is, is that, you know, I'm a, a father of two kids and, and my wife works as well and uh, we're rushed and busy. We try and make as much time as we can. I'm very aware my kids are growing up fast and if I don't get to spend time with them now, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose an enormous amount of things. Yep. But this notion you see ads on television where you can get um, a broadband internet connection into every room of your house. Oh. So you've got the five people in the house all in separate it's rooms. Terrible. You've got DVDs in the back of the car. You know, let's plug the headphones in and let's not bother talking. I sat at a, at a cafe table the other day where, and watched a couple who opened a mini DVD player and put the DVD in so the child sitting at the table would watch the screen. And do you thought, despair of that? I do despair of that because what we're looking for, we, we have to go back. We have to shut the screens off. We have to have limited time where they can get access to screens. I'm not saying they don't need to learn how to use the internet, but we need to put them back out in, in backyards with hammers and nails, and we need to let them eat dirt, and we need to take them out and have sandwiches at the beach, not bloody fluffies. At, um, Celia, just let me hear. I can hear thousands of people shouting out, hooray. Yeah, it's, it's time to take it back. It's time to simplify your life. And how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you can sort of get people to take those first steps? Because well, so many people tell us exactly the same well, thing. Well, you have to, I guess what you have to do is, one, the, the damage that can be done with a parents need parenting causes is that harassed parents who are busy and who think they're trying to do the best for their kids get anti, yeah. so they come straight back up. The issue for me is to encourage people about five minutes with their children, you know, five minutes in the day with their children. But also, what are the... Um, Let's have some societal conversations about what are the bottom lines? What are the things that as parents that we want to deliver to our children? And where's the line where we will sacrifice the second car or sacrifice the holiday in Fiji? Yeah. Because that's what we've done as well. We all go on holidays to Fiji and the kids go into a, into a childcare thing on the Fiji island. Yeah. You know? So let's sacrifice that. And <laughs> let's actually brilliant. work let's, less Let's hours. go and stay at the resort. Yeah, but who's, going to, who's going to look after the kids all day while you and I get drunk at the bar? Oh, no, they've got a kids club. They've got a kids club, so let's put them in the kids club. And what kids are yearning for, if we actually – the thing that I'm fascinated about with if kids – all kids want is to have your eyes on them. And parenting comes out of – the thing – the way I look at it is, um, is parenting – and I'm very conscious now because my second grandchild's about to be born. And my, and my sense is that our job as parents is to encourage parents to um, – find out who they've got. Their job is to, not to create a child. You see, that's the other thing we do in modern society. We take them to ballet, um, dancing, swimming, golf, da-da-da, in order to create the child because yeah. we feel pressured that we hadn't offered that opportunity. Yeah. That child comes into this world ex exactly as who they are, and our job as parents is to find out who the hell we've got yeah. and then to support that person coming up. And and so the issue is let's go, let's see if we can get conversation with adults about what is really important and drive us back there. Why are parents fearful? of letting their kids go out in the backyard, eat dirt, telling them to, con to, to turn the, the Game Boy off or the computer screen off. Are, are we too frightened to say no? We are too frightened to say no, but there's two levels. Yep. The society has – we've got far too much information now. We know about germs. We were better not to know about them. I know. Just get out there and eat it. I don't care what it is. Let's get your immune system running, yeah. you know. Whereas we, I mean, I follow, watch kids and, and, you know, parents are following them around with wet wipes. They never meet a germ until they're eight. How about those ads that are now absolutely the pack, the, the, the pack that you can come with to wash your kids' hands yeah. when they're in the car, when they get out of the car, when they turn up at the play equipment. Absolutely. Stop it. Let them get dirty. <laughs> Let them be dirty. And then, so that's one level. But the other level is, and this is the level that I offer my work at the moment is, Middle class, 
um, uh, parents read a lot of parenting books. Yeah. And and uh, and as one who wrote one, really, is you know, it's a bit, be a bit careful. But the issue for me is that we've lost. What we need to learn to do is we've ceded our common sense over to the book. What I want people to do is read the book, bring it in, and decide which bits fit for them. Mm-hmm. So we've lost our contact with our own intuition and adult wisdom. And then the the world, um, we we keep thinking that um, the biggest mythology is that we need to be friends to our children. Because mm. you see American sitcoms, even Australian sitcoms, where there's this lovely pally atmosphere between an adolescent and, a, and, a, and you know, and the bottom line is, if my, I keep saying to parents, if, if your adolescent is standing screaming at you at the top of their voice, I hate you, give yourself a tick. You're parenting superbly. <laughs> it's exactly how it's supposed to be for some of the time. Don't be their friend. Don't be the be the parent, and and with the schools, give the schools a break. Stop with the litigation threats. The reason that schools are so nervous is that they're worried when he falls out of the tree, mum's gonna, and it will be mum. Dad won't worry. Dad yeah. will think, oh, dumb bugger, being up the tree. But mum will come in and tell the principal that it was his fault that Johnny got hurt by falling out of the tree, and the principal now moves to have no kids go up the tree because he's worried about the mother. Well, this is a, one that we've had here quite a lot, and we often report on it. Um, the bloke who builds the playground swing on the tree outside his home, it's on council property. It's been there for 10 years. A generation of kids have grown up loving it. Council comes down, takes swing out because of the threat of litigation. And yet it is completely at odds with what the community wants. It is. So now, to weave back to where we started, when I'm, I, I don't want to add responsibility to schools, but the work I'm doing is often to say to the community whatever, and, and how to find, because we've got to find our villages. That's the challenge in the modern community. The old villages were literally the village. Yeah. The modern village might be the street you live in, but it might not be. It might be the church group you belong to. It might be the sports club you belong to. It might be the firm you work for and the associated people. But the challenge is for people to find their community. And the first point for me is put the school in the center of the circle and look at the who's in there. Now, if we work with the school, if parents work with the school and start to build a, a way of being, then slowly that community will reconstruct itself. But I will not leave the responsibility just with the schools. This is with parents. Take a break. You know, go and talk to your school. Connect with your school. I have to tell you, Celia Lashley, in the time I've been doing this job, I think there are a few people I enjoy talking to more than you. I'm kind of sorry that we uh, lost you in traffic for a while this morning. But I tell you what, next time you're in town, you have to come in and you have to tape talk back. Because I remember the last time you were here, as anxious mothers were ringing up wanting advice about their sullen teenage boys, I remember you saying to them, Mum, let him go. He will do more communicating in a non-communicating way with his father at this point in time than all the badgering that you come up with. And, <laughs> and I could hear you breaking hearts, but I could hear mum's understanding a bit more too. What a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Celia. Thank you very much. Celia Lashley, she is the author of He'll Be Okay, Growing Gorgeous Boys Into Good Men. And I promise you next time Celia's in town, she'll be available to take your talk back because uh, I think the last time she was here, the, the lines went absolutely mad.